Satan's a counterfeiter. He's a bad king. And then we have Jesus. He's a good king. And he is reality. We've got a lot to cover this morning in God's word. And I am so thankful for that because God's word, uh, it is truth. It is spirit. It sanctifies us. It renews our minds and is good uh, to be in it. And I'm so glad that you've joined us this morning. Uh, before we jump into Revelation once again, uh, if you'd pray with me. Father, we're thankful for this time uh, to be able to gather together uh, with you in your word and to look to you. We would ask, Holy Spirit, that you would give us ears to hear uh, what your spirit would have to say to the church. We're so thankful, Father, for uh, the truths that we see in the study of Revelation here. God, we see that you are just, that your ju judgments are always right. And in the midst of all of that and how deserving we are of, of wrath, of, uh, of judgment, uh, we see your mercy. And we are so thankful for who you are and that you are loving, that you are so compassionate and merciful towards us. Thank you for those truths. So we pray now as we open your word that you would speak to us. Amen. All right, we're going to jump into chapter 13 uh, this morning together. And if you remember with me back to chapter 12 there, we saw a woman in John's vision, that being Israel, a, a child. Uh, there was a birth, and that would be Jesus Christ. And then we saw the dragon, and that, of course, uh, is Satan, and he came to devour that child, and that failed. Now we see him making war on the woman, uh, Israel, God's people, uh, and her offspring. So the veil of time and this physical realm uh, being pulled back is very much revealing to you and I uh, the real cause of much of the wickedness that we see in our world all around us and especially the wickedness and the um, opposition against God's people, uh, the persecution. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I've been praying a lot for uh, brothers and sisters of ours in Nigeria. Over 600 have been killed so far this year for their faith in Christ. Um, and that's going on in many parts of the world. Um, so Satan's efforts really um, are to stop the works of, of the church, of Jesus Christ, his mission in the coming of his kingdom. So, uh, so far, Revelation has really helped us make sense of uh, the current news, what we see. You guys know that the word of God is relevant and very timely. Uh, also, the atrocities that we've seen throughout history, the past. And also, we're considering much of what yet is future, is prophecy. And one thing I love about the prophetic word of God and much of the scriptures, the Bible is prophetic. Uh, you won't find another book like it upon the planet. Uh, but God, for him, it's history. It's already done. God's outside of time and he sees it Altogether, So when we're reading these future events of the great tribulation, yet future for us in the coming of Christ, 
God sees that all together already, and that's why he can speak to it so specifically with such clarity. Um, and prophecy thus far has, has been literal, and it points, uh, we, we can look back and we can see how it was fulfilled to a T. Uh, I love it. So the text, guys, that we're going to jump into today, we're going to look at chapters 13, 14, and 15 together. And I think that does us good to do that. Um, and you need your Bible because we're going to cover a lot of ground, but it's an overall picture. It gives us a big picture in understanding of what's going on um, with the further unveiling that John has. And primarily it's of the future. Uh, and for John, uh, he again is the revelator. He's the one who received from God and wrote uh, the book of Revelation here. Um, there are points of reference for John. You guys remember um, the dragon, okay? Unable to defeat the child, declared war on his people. So today we see the means by which he wages uh, that future war uh, that's going to take place. And we're going to be looking at two beasts, uh, one the Antichrist and one the false prophet, which you've probably heard about or have studied yourself. Um, but the three together sort, uh, they form this unholy trinity, uh, let's call it, a, a counterfeit. And that's what Satan is so good at. Um, so the counterfeit, we're going to see a counterfeit resurrection, uh, a trinity, a, a people, a counterfeit worship, okay, a counterfeit kingdom, uh, all efforts to rob Christ. And again, we have been created for God's glory. That's why we exist. The scriptures speak clearly to that. And you think about Satan himself. He wanted to be like the Most High. He didn't want to give glory to God. He wanted to be like God. And that's why he fell. And great was his fall. And he wants, as we considered last week, to take as many down with him as possible. So if you look at the last verse of chapter 12, it said there in verse 17, and the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So do you have the testimony of Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith in Christ? It's the only thing that matters in this life, guys, is what we do with him. Have you received him personally as your Lord and your Savior? Or are you still rejecting him? Let's take a look at verses 1 and 2 then here in chapter 13. Then I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And on his horns ten crowns and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now... The beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. So the dragon calls forth the first uh, two here, uh, great beasts that are to carry out this uh, campaign against the woman's offspring. So the beast... That's the Antichrist, okay? Similar description of Satan in chapter 12, verse 3 that we saw. The heads, the horns, the crowns, 
um, on his head, the blasphemous names, uh, what that might look like for uh, John in his day, uh, a blasphemy would have been saying Caesar is Lord because there is only one Lord and that is Jesus Christ. And for us as Christians, you know, we couldn't do that. And if you're part of uh, the Roman Empire, which they really had taken over the known world at this time, uh, you had to go and you had to profess once a year that Caesar was Lord. And as a Christian, uh, they were under the conviction that that was wrong. That was idolatry, um, and they would not do that. We bow our knee to Jesus Christ and him only. So the beast during John's time was uh, the Roman Empire. So that's the point of reference for John. So during the last days, the beast will appear really in the most malicious and powerful form uh, that he's ever taken throughout history. Uh, obvious use of symbolism here because the Antichrist um, is a person. We see that in Daniel. Um, let me pull this up real quick. Um, there we go. Daniel chapter 7. We're going to be looking at the Antichrist in more details that he gives uh, this Wednesday morning, I hope you've been catching. It's so neat. I didn't plan this. The Lord, uh, a couple months ago, just like, hey, start teaching the book of Daniel. And there's been so much practical application. No matter where you're at in your Christian walk, uh, Daniel's definitely a man that we can look up to uh, and really respect his witness and example and just uh, his firm um, just foundation that he had in his God. Um, and we can learn from that. But I love that right now as we get into chapter 13 this morning and then this week we're getting into chapter 7, uh, Daniel speaks to the Antichrist and we'll actually take a look at a lot more of his characteristics and what the scriptures say. I hope you join us. Uh, we'll be up on our Facebook Live at 7 a.m. Otherwise, you can catch it anytime. Just go to that page uh, later in the day, later in the week. But this, the studies really do go together. I'm really excited and just how God put that together. I didn't plan that. It just happens uh, to work well here. So God definitely uh, is in these studies. I love it. Um, also, Paul, we know in regards to the Antichrist, uh, being a literal person. You guys can read Second uh, Thessalonians. He speaks to that quite a bit also. So we read here like leopard, feet like a bear, a mouth like a lion. So Daniel used the same three animals plus a fourth um, to represent the four historical empires um, that were really hostile towards God's people. I mean, we had the Babylonians, the Medo-Persians, the Grecians, and then the Roman empires, okay? So against this backdrop, if we're looking at the big picture here, John may be saying that the beast out of the sea really epitomizes all worldly opposition that comes against the kingdom of God. So maybe it's just imagery that denotes a prowess, a power, um, an authority against God. So the salient point here for you and I is that the entity being spoken of is like a terrible beast that is closely connected with Satan. So a destructive power. And the, uh, the beast 
they represent both a false messiah and also a false kingdom. Uh, he is given uh, power, if you look at the last part of verse 2, uh, and a throne and authority by Satan, the dragon. So this is a ruler, leader, uh, government language being used. Uh, I want to take a look at Luke uh, chapter 4 with you guys. Look at verse 5 and 6. Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain. You guys remember when Jesus was being tempted by Satan. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give to you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Well, like then, Satan here, guys, uh, attempts to stop Jesus uh, from receiving his kingdom um, and to make the world his own kingdom. Again, the ten horns, the seven heads, the crowns make this clear and are interpreted for us in chapter 17. So I'm going to take a read of verses 9 and on in Revelation 17. You can flip over there and uh, read with me. It says, Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads, the seven mountains of the where the woman sits, there are also seven kings, five fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition. And the ten horns which you saw are the ten kings who have received no kingdoms as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. And these are of one mind. And they will give their power and authority to the beast. And these will make war with the lamb. And the lamb will overcome them. I love it. For he is the Lord of lords. And he is the king of kings. And those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. I love it. So in efforts to disrupt the plans of God and destroy uh, his people, Satan organizes, organizes this future uh, government system that unifies itself together against Jesus Christ, um, an unholy coalition, we'll call them. So together, we're told in verse 14 of chapter 17, they will go to war against the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, but the Lamb will defeat them because He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Love it. So Jesus said that in the last days it would be uh, characterized by deception and falsehood. Uh, we're going to take a look at Mark 13 together, verse 22, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and show signs and wonders to deceive if possible, even the elect Christians, believers. But take heed, verse 23 tells us, See, I have told you these things beforehand. 
So this is one of the ways that the beast is going to rise uh, to power, to prominence, uh, signs and wonders, deceiving. Uh, look at verse 3 now, back in chapter 13. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded. So the beast may be shot in the head. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. Man, talk about pseudo-resurrection here, right? Uh, a counterfeit to the real thing. Uh, Romans 1.4, Jesus declared the Son of God with the power by the resurrection from the dead. That's how he proved everything that he declared of himself. That, hey, I'm going to die. <laughs> Three days later, I'm going to rise again from the dead. And you'll know, and we know that many of the disciples, even after Jesus was crucified, they went away, bummed. But when he rose again from the dead, man, that's everything that we believe. Christianity hangs on the reality of the resurrection. Because if he didn't rise from the dead, then he's not the Lord. He was lying, but he did. And that's so often how Satan works, counterfeit. Uh, let's take a look at verse four. It says here, so they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? So people worship the dragon because he gives authority to the state. And then we have people worship the state because nothing can match its awesome power or able to wage success, uh, successful war um, against it. So the Roman Empire for John uh, with a portrait, again, the point of reference for him uh, was a cruel foe. Um, and the world has yet to see how terrifying the beast will be. Uh, in its final uh, incarnation. Uh, but it will be, we know, evil. We also know powerful and influential and aimed against Jesus and his righteousness, his work, his kingdom, his people. So, explaining now um, the rest of chapter 13 here, let's look at verse 5. He was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. And then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. 
So verse 10, guys. I don't have it there. But anyways, um, this is going to mean for you and I uh, that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently. Okay, That's what verse 10 uh, is telling us here. Um, and remain faithful. That's what God wants. He wants us to be faithful to the end. I fought the good fight of faith. Okay, So then the point here, uh, now... And in the future is that we must depend on God's providence. Um, that's where we stand. That's where we rest. That's where we find uh, enjoyment in this life. This is where we find joy in our creator. Now, this second beast, guys, comes on the scene, also called the false prophet. So we have the Antichrist that we've been reading about and now the false prophet who comes alongside, and we'll uh, see more of him as we get into chapter 16, but also chapters 19 and 20 speak of him also, because he functions like a prophet. That's why we call him the false prophet, calling people to allegiance and worship often uh, shows supernatural power, and that completes this uh, pseudo-trinity. So the counterfeit kingdom, reign, uh, the resurrection, worship, okay? We see that uh, all playing out here. Um, and he's calling everybody to come and worship the Antichrist. Uh, verse 11, it says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth who had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. So gentle like a lamb, persuasion, right? Satan's good at that. <laughs> Uh, verse 12 says, and he exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So we see the work of a prophet here, okay? Authorized worship taking place. And then verse 13, he performs great signs so that he even makes fire to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. So talk about those lying signs and wonders. The false prophet is going to be doing them and calling everybody in. Look at these great signs. I'm a prophet and I'm telling you, give your allegiance to this Antichrist. Okay, worship him. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And that brings us back around to verse 14 now. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast 
who was wounded by the sword and lived and was granted power to give birth to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So guys, this is getting pretty heavy here. Okay, worship this political power or die. Okay, um, <laughs> we get bits of that now. Okay, we see that vaguely playing out now. We've seen it throughout history. Um, and it's not so rare. I mean, we think about the Roman Empire then. Okay, we think of radical Islam now. Um, counterfeit kingdom in the future. Yeah, it's going to happen. We, we see these things. So now is where it gets a little creepy for you and I, but most of you uh, have heard this before. Okay, um, let's take a look at verse 16. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So this is really talking about a complete world control. Okay, this is going to be a global thing mark that somebody takes uh, in order to be able to buy or to sell just to be able to survive really in the world's economy um it's a kingdom of corrosion and control um and then we see in verse 18 it says here is wisdom let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for it is the number of man, and his number is 666. Um, no one's really been able to solve this, okay? It is uh, future, exactly what is that going to mean? What is that going to look like? I've heard a lot of speculations through the years and a lot of different ideas. I, I really don't know. Uh, and if you do, I'd love to hear from you, you know? Uh, maybe I'm just missing something, but again, I know it's yet future and maybe it's not even around yet to understand what the 666 is exactly. Um, but now we're going to see some relief and some perspective. And that's why I wanted to do these chapters together, um, because the true king and kingdom uh, are here in chapter 14. Uh, verse one says, then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. This is the real seal because they're the real people. The beast had his and the lamb have his. And then verse two, and I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters in like the voice of a loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. Then they sang as it were a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed on the earth. 
So they were purchased at a great price, right? Redeemed, okay? They're not deceived. They're not coerced. Um, Be discerning, guys. And then we look at verse 4 and 5 here. It says, These are the ones who were not defiled with the woman, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These were redeemed among men, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. So the righteous kingdom follow the Lamb, not the beast. In verse 6, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having an everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. So this is pointing to true worship, and that's who God's looking for. Man, who's going to worship him in truth and spirit? His eyes, don't they go to and fro? Looking for those whose hearts are loyal to him. And that's what God's looking for. You know, we can go through the motions of worship, have a lot of hoopla and our emotional things, and we can worship God in our hearts in that. But he's looking for those hearts that are loyal to him, not just in a time of worship, experience, Okay, but truly committed to him. Um, not the counterfeit. Verse 8, it says, And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, the great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever guys hell is forever and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image and whoever received the mark of his name so the line here is being drawn in the sand okay no one's going to be tricked into taking the mark of the beast i've seen this over the years you know technology coming out you know hey we want to put a chip in you so you can be registered Maybe that's what it's going to look like in the future. I'm not sure. It's going to be a mark. It's going to have his name. Okay, you're going to have, you're going to full well know that you're giving your allegiance to this world political power and follow this antichrist by taking the mark of the beast. Um, that will be very clear. Uh, so, verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Verse 13, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, 
Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. So there will be a reward for staying faithful. Faithful to the end. No matter what, no matter how hard it is, no matter how hungry you may be, you don't take the mark of the beast. You have that choice. But if you stay faithful to the end, guys, there is a great reward. And that's not just speaking about a future reality. That reality is now also. Are you faithful? Because that faith, Hebrews 11, 6, that's what pleases God. And he's looking for what in his stewards that they be found faithful. Verse 14. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe, so he sat on the cloud, thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And then another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out after or out from the altar, who had power over fire, and he cried with a loud voice, Cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the cluster of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city. The blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridle for 1,000 600 furlongs. Wow. <laughs> Crazy picture here, isn't it, guys? It's a symbol of God judging evil and rebellion here. So those who aligned with the Antichrist are going to be judged. Um, and then we see in verse 1 of chapter 15, I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. So here we see... Um, victorious victory over uh, the beast here. Okay. Uh, neat picture. And I love verses three and four here. It says, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, the song of the lamb, saying, great and marvelous are your works, Lord God almighty. Just and true are your ways, O king of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. 
For all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. So you guys know, catch it, the Lamb, the true King of all nations who is worshipped. That is beautiful. I don't know about you guys, but one of my favorite things, it might be the fave in my life, is times of worship before my king to honor him, to exalt him, to magnify his name, to proclaim uh, his goodness. Um, and for all nations to do that, I mean, we have been created by him. We are his creation uh, here for him to worship him. And it's going to be a beautiful thing when all of creation bows down and worships the Lord together. I think about uh, the trees just coming alive. I mean, they're just stretching out all the more and their limbs uh, are going forth in praise. Um, look at verse 5 here. It says, After these things I looked and behold, the temple of the tabernacle and of the testimony in heaven was opened. And out of the temple came seven angels having the seven plagues clothed in pure bright linen and having their chests girded in golden bands. And then, oops, we're moving on here to verse 7. It says, Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls, full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. So the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. So Jesus is the only one who is worthy. Guys, I hope you see that. And that's why I wanted to go through uh, a few chapters here. Because this is the big picture. Yeah, we could consider a lot more about the Antichrist and the false prophet and what they're going to do. And we do study the scriptures. Those things do come up as we uh, get into God's word. But the big picture here is we worship Jesus now and forever. That's why we are here that's why we've been created and i want to encourage you guys today is the day of salvation don't wait well this is yet future this mark of the beast if that happens then i won't do that no you need to put your faith in christ to be saved and that's something we do today don't harden your heart I see so many people do that. Well, I'll figure it out later. No, your heart is just going to get harder and there's going to be more excuses because of the hardness of your heart. Okay, God, God is reality. Okay, and there is a time, a point in time for all of us. I believe the Holy Spirit knocks on the hearts of all and many reject, many say no. But in light of the truth, Okay? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as we consider the scriptures, all that God has done, okay, what he did upon the cross so your sins could be forgiven, so mine 
could be forgiven and that we know that his sacrifice on the cross actually worked. It took because he rose from the dead, showing you and I, man, he has victory over our sin, that that penalty he took upon himself, that judgment that you and I deserve for our rebellion, okay, our enmity, being at war with God, our sin against him, that Christ took all of that upon himself and overcame death and hell for us. Our sin can be forgiven. Yeah, that's reality. And then we look at what's going on in the world. We're in this time, guys, of grace. Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what the Bible says. And you can do that today. Don't wait yet future because as we've been studying through Revelation, there's going to be a day that God comes and he takes his church. We're going to be out of here. You see a believer gone, guess what? It's because we're at home with our Heavenly Father and we're going to always be with him. And then this stuff that we've been studying, the Great Tribulation, this stuff is going to unfold upon the planet. And there are some who get saved, but many, as we've been reading, are going to align themselves uh, with the counterfeit Messiah. And that's exactly, don't think that the Antichrist is coming against, hey, I'm the opposite of Christ. No, he wants to be like Christ. Okay, he comes on the scene and he wants to rob Christ of all of his glory and take that glory for himself to be worshiped for himself. And people are going to do it. Why? Because you and I were created to worship something. And if we don't worship our creator, we're going to worship lesser things. And that's what every single one of us, and especially if you're an unbeliever, if you don't believe in Christ Jesus, you haven't given your life to him, you haven't given Jesus your allegiance, he's the good king. And if you haven't, your allegiance is actually to a bad king, to Satan. He's very good at deceiving it might not be blatantly in your face that, hey, you're bowing down and worshiping Satan, but he might have you deceived anything to keep you from the truth, from the true king, from the good kingdom. Um, and I would encourage you, okay, read the scriptures. God loves you. Bow the knee. Cry out to him. Ask for forgiveness. Maybe you want to do that right now. Um, I'm going to pray right now. And if you just want to, Pray with me and ask Jesus to come into your life to forgive you of your sin, okay? To become part of his family, to turn from all others. <laughs> True repentance, turning to him, uh, forsaking your sin. Uh, today is a good day to do that. Today is the day of salvation. So if you want to pray with me, let's do that right now. Father in heaven, thank you so much that your word is truth, that the gospel, the good news is truth. That you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus. That you came to seek and to save the lost, which I am one of them. And I am so thankful that you loved me so much that you were willing to give all of yourself to lay down your life, to take my place, my judgment, my sin upon yourself. Thank you for that. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe that you're coming back. And I want to be on the right side. I want to be with you, living for you, doing what I've been created to do. I am so sorry for how I've done my own thing and I've rejected you. Would you please forgive me? Give me of your Holy Spirit 
Help me to abide in you, to grow in you, to learn more of you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Pray in your awesome name. Amen. Well, I hope you did that today. If you're not a believer, if you have, you're now a believer. It's that simple. A lot of people think there's something that we need to do to be saved. No, we're saved by grace. It's a gift through faith. We just put our faith in Christ and receive that gift. And if you have done that or if you have questions, uh, please uh, go to our website and uh, go down to the bottom of our homepage and just leave a message for me and I'll get in touch with you there. Just put in there, I put my faith in Jesus today. Or if you have a question about the Bible or about the gospel, uh, please ask. You know, we'd love to get in contact with you. Um, love to get you plugged into church here. I like our church family here at Freedom Fellowship. Uh, discipleship is something we take seriously because it's something that God has asked the church to take seriously. Uh, we want to see all believers uh, grow uh, in, in the faith to learn the scriptures. Uh, because when we know the truth, the truth sets us free. And Jesus told us that his word is truth. And that's how we're sanctified. So also, I want to encourage you guys once again, uh, in light of study today, Daniel 7 is awesome. I've been camping out on the reality of the ancient of days. Um, it is so freeing for us to know that God is sovereign and that he is in control. Um, so we're going to be taking a look at chapter 7. I'd encourage you guys uh, to read ahead there. It's going to be good. Um, and also, if you want to send in your tithes, you can do that through the mail or online. Any giving um, is appreciated. And God definitely uh, is using our ministry to touch a lot of lives and to continue to proclaim the gospel and give ourselves to the teaching of God's word. That's really the, the function, the priority of the church. And that's something we try to take very seriously. I'm going to do my part and diligently studying because I want to get it right to be able to give it to you guys uh, right that you can uh, really be growing in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus um, and just living a fruitful, mature, uh, God-honoring life. Um, why? Because he's worthy, guys. Uh, it's not about the doing. It's just out of uh, response to who he is and how he loves us and because he loves us so much uh, that love compels us what to share with others <laughs> we have such a hope we have what this world is looking for amidst the chaos the riots pandemics the world's looking for the solution and Christ Jesus alone is the solution he is the remedy so father in heaven thanks again for this time this morning would you please just watch over my brothers and sisters? God, be with them this week. Help us to shine for you. Help us just in the light of truth, your word, God. Um, just keep looking to you. We want to be in the light as you're in the light. Help us to walk closely with you. Give us the grace needed. None of us have arrived. None of us are perfect. We're all a work in progress. And we're thankful that you're a good dad, Lord, that loves us enough to chasten us when needed. God, that is there with us, to walk with us, to lead us. Help us to follow you well, Jesus. We ask in your name. Amen. God bless you guys good. Uh, Lord willing, we'll see you guys Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Otherwise, right back here. 
next week. We also are having services at 9.30 Sunday mornings uh, in the parking lot right here at the church. So uh, if you want to join us, bring a lawn chair. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Um, This, yeah, and pray for good weather. (laughs) That would be awesome. All right, peace.